0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by Niall Ryan Jones, head of employee experience at the world-famous retailer Harrods. Niall, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Bill. Great to be here. Great to be on a podcast and hearing my voice at some other time in the future. Not a pleasure, I <laughs> have <hard> to say.
1: <laughs> okay, t- firstly, tell us uh, t- tell us a wee bit about your career background up to Harrods?
0: Um, yeah, so I have worked uh, in retail for most of my career. Uh, I've been fortunate to work in a number of different retailers across the UK high street. So I started my career in Primark, which is a low-cost retailer, and then worked my way up through uh, various mid market retailers um, all the way up to my current uh, role, which is in uh, luxury retail. I had a brief foray into financial services um, about three years ago because madly I wanted to see what it was like to work in financial services and it was a very valuable experience uh, but what I learned is that the pace of retail is much much faster than in financial services so I, I, I come back to retail but haven't learned a lot within financial services.
1: Wonderful thank you very much now uh, t- tell our listeners a wee bit about your role at Hertz. and uh, for any for any listeners in the U.S. and and uh, Canada who haven't Heard of Harrods before? I can't believe there are any Nile, but just in case, uh, a wee bit about uh, what what Harrods Harrods is as well and what it does.
0: Okay, well uh, we're never arrogant enough to assume that everyone knows Harrods. So Harrods <laughs> um, it's it's um, it's a it's, it's a global local retailer, and what I mean by that is is that we do have a global reach. So we reach um, 300, um, 300 markets. We reach about seventeen million customers a year. We have a target customer base of 1% of the world's um, highest net worth population. Um, We serve countries such as China, the Middle East, um, America is a growing market, all the way down to Australia. Um, We have 10,000 employees and the bulk of our employees are actually based um, in London in our flagship store in Knightsbridge. And that's where most of our trade is generated. But we do have other Stores in uh, London airports, as well as um, airports across the Middle East and Europe as well. But the lion's share of our business is actually driven by the store in in London. And incidentally, um, we're so busy and successful um, that we're actually the highest uh, grossing single site department store in the entire world. So our challenge is, is that we need to make our walls expand more so we can get more customers and more product in. So as head of
1: employee experience there, Niall, um, tell us a bit about what your role involves and what a typical, if there is such a thing, a typical working week looks like for you.
0: Sure. Um, So I actually have a purpose defined for my role within the business. And I guess it's probably useful to start off with that is and Um, where I'm expected to add value to a brand like Harrods. So I lead the co-creation of an employee experience, which is guided by a commitment to be a responsible employer that makes a valuable contribution to employees' professional and personal goals in a work environment, which reflects the DNA and cultural strengths of Harrods, and where this fosters greater willingness, willingness amongst employees to exceed customer expectations. Now, that sounds very corporate, but basically, the, the essence of that is is my role is to make sure that the experience employees have with us as an organization is complementary to and is aligned with what we expect our employees to deliver for our customer. So we don't want any incongruence in that relationship whatsoever because our business is all about relationships. In terms of a typical working week for me... um. Because I look after so many uh, employee touch points, it's quite varied, which is a fantastic part of my role. Um, And typically, um, at the beginning of the year, we set out our objectives um, for all the areas that I look after where there are numerous employee touch points. And each week, actually I have biweekly meetings with my uh, team heads basically i'm just trying to understand the progress of our overall objectives so whether it be in internal communications we're communicating our new strategy so really getting people to understand the purpose of the business and the strategic goals that are helping us get there then i can uh, switch over to our um we call it a corporate health department or health and well-being department and we'll talk about um, the work that we're doing to improve the well-being of employees. So we're really focusing on um, prevention and making sure that employees are healthy in the workplace and supporting them with the tools to help them um, lead healthier lives. And a very topical thing for us at the moment is uh, the mental health of our employees, where it's something that is manifesting itself more prevalently, not just in our organisation, but in many organisations. Then um, I could switch into um, other work. Then I, I lead the benefits and recognition team. And then we'll be looking at how are we continually evolving our benefits offering? And also, more importantly, um, what else do we need to be doing to demonstrate recognition of our employees? So that's an example of what's happening within my teams. Um, I'm also a member um, of the human resource leadership team because my function, it sits under HR. What I have to say is got um, alignment to and um, I partner many other directorates within the business. So for example, I also sit on the monthly IT leadership team meeting because IT they want to make sure that the systems that people are using within the business are fit for purpose and are enabling our employees to deliver for our customers and not detracting. Um, another team leadership um, leadership team I sit on is the marketing leadership team because um, we're doing a lot of work around defining new values uh, that our customers connect with the organization. And we're also doing the same internally where we're defining a new employee value set. So we want to make sure that there is synergy. It's not about making them the same, but synergy between the employee value set and the customer value set. Um, And then there's other stuff that um, maybe not the most exciting stuff, but in the UK and Europe, um, GDPR or data compliance legislation is coming in um, in May 2018. So, again, it's another working party that I'm on. And it's a very important topic. It's very much about the reputation of our, our customers and our employees' data. Um, but my role in there as head of employee experiences. EDPR, our data compliance, and all the regulation that's coming in around that, that could be an example of something that a business would roll out and very much does so in, in a compliance mindset. So, therefore, it talks about the things that we must do and there will be repercussions and consequences for employees if they do not adhere to uh, such uh, regulations. Whereas us as a business, the way we see it is, is that we know our employees care deeply about our brand and they wouldn't want it to be part of anything that would damage the reputation of our brand. So we're very much um, communicating, getting everyone on board with the compliance that we need to deliver by making sure that our employees are doing things that do not put the business at risk for our brand, our brand's reputation, our customer, and even their own data for that matter. And actually, we're finding that that's turning out to be a much more successful approach because if we went to the staff or the employees about complying with data, legislation, et cetera, well, I think we'd pretty much get closed minds and a few yawns, to say the least. So that gives a snippet of what I would do in my typical working week.
1: This episode is supported by Deloitte Canada, the leading professional services firm offering consulting and advisory services to a wide range of clients in Canada and around the globe. Learn more at Deloitte.com forward slash CA. Oh, my goodness. You're a busy guy, Niall. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, I'd love to understand a bit more from you then about what we talk a lot on this show about employee advocacy and uh, you just touched upon a couple of points there i'd i'd love to understand a bit more with such a prestigious brand as harrods what what level of control do you guys need to retain with how your employees project that brand what they say on on social media for example is is it is it down to the, the uh the the fine details in in their initial employee contracts or is it more about ongoing education to to ensure that people are are projecting and retaining such a well-respected international brand?
0: Yep, Uh, it's a good question. Um, So in terms of the the, the practical elements and policy and procedure, yes, it's part of our onboarding that um, we have a social media guidelines. um, And actually guidelines is probably uh, the, the word I would emphasize, where in the past we had a social media policy and we probably had uh, probably we did have a very different attitude to how employees would engage with social media in relation to Harrods. And the the answer was is that they, they didn't and they weren't allowed to, et cetera. But, of course, um, like many businesses and we're not unique, hopefully the audience will realise as well that Harrods goes through the same challenges uh, that everyone else does, is that we realise we have no control over what employees Um, say about us um, whether good or bad and we felt that the approach that we had in the past where we were saying to people do not do it was putting too much of a negative aura around um, uh, social media and talking about the organization and also it's quite contradictory to what employees thought about our organization because we had we've done you know as many organizations do numerous employee surveys and brand advocacy is at around the 96 percent so we know that our employees love our brand and will always talk favorably about our brand. Uh, so therefore, why would we put restrictions around how and um, they would talk about our brand or put restrictions on the full stop? So it was probably about five, six years ago when the business overall started making a shift in terms of how to use social media to connect with our customers. And at the same time, we thought we need to actually make a shift in terms of our attitude to employees using social media to talk about our brand. And what we do now is is we actually upskill our team members to talk about us on social media, whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. So we run we have social media ambassadors within our business and also we have upskilling workshops uh, within our business as well. And we got our own hashtag that we encourage employees to use which is hashtag be Harrod. And in our organisation, being Harrods has a lot more uh, connotations around it, all positive connotations where, you know, you're, you're evoking the brand, you're the essence of their brand, you're an ambassador of the brand. And for where we are now, um, you know, where people have these debates around whether you should moderate content or not, etc. you know, we made the leap, and especially for a brand as precious as ours, you know, it's paid off for us where, you know, yes, there might be the odd thing that, that sort of slips through. But, you know, nine to nine point nine percent of the time of our social media footprint in terms of what employees say about it is extremely positive. And if we think about LinkedIn and how that supports our employer brand, we have a really strong employer brand, you know, um, lots of uh, potential candidates connect with the organization through what they read about us on social media, whether it's our careers week activity or whether it's our corporate responsibility activity or people sharing what they've learned in our learning development programs, or even things like last year when we um, hired out Legoland uh, for the day and we sent all employees there and allowed their, and allowed and encouraged their families to join them. You know, things like that as well, where we just wanted our employees to sort of share what it's like to work within the organization. But also, um, our employees use social media to connect with their customers as well. So WhatsApp is actually a tool that's used between um, customers and employees. Not all customers, but where those employees have got really strong, deep connections with loyal, regular customers. You know, WhatsApp is an example of something that they use between um, each other. So hopefully that gives a, a good understanding of how we've evolved our thinking around social media and employees use of social media
1: it certainly does thank you very much now another reason why we're chatting today uh, as well as getting a chance to feature Arids, which is an awesome round of course is because you're uh you're a speaker at um one of our partners with the media partner of the global hr trends summit in toronto which is coming up pretty soon as we record this in early april uh can mm-hmm. you can you tell us uh, a bit about the session that the title what it's
0: about and what are some of the hope for learning outcomes okay um So I talk about employee relationship management and customer relationship management and how I believe that they're two sides of the same coin. And uh, what spurred uh, this, um, it's probably a conversation about five years ago when I was talking with the director of uh, CRM. And it was just through that conversation we realized that actually we both had the same goals where the director of CRM, of course, is trying to create loyalty. Um, amongst customers um, with the Harrods brand. And uh, in my role and within HR and on our leadership in general, um, we're trying to do exactly the same thing, create loyalty amongst our employees um, with the Harrods brand as well. Um, So what I did then was just explore, well, actually, what does that look like in sort of real life, day-to-day working environment uh, practices and all that kind of stuff? And working with uh, that director and the marketing team, what I learned was, is actually that employees and customers have very similar needs. So that would be an example of something that I will share um, um, at the uh, conference. I'm not trying to be a marketing expert, but there are some very basic, simple models that marketing um, use to um, understand its target audience, its customers, et cetera, and understand what matters to customers in their connection with the brand. And interestingly, they're very similar to what employees are connecting to a brand with as well. I talk about the typical um, touch points that organizations have with customers. Um, and also I'll talk about the touch points that employees have with an organization through their employee employment lifecycle. Of course, it's not just about, OK, well, there's similar things, customers, similar things, employees. If you're a customer centric organization, what I hopefully will be able to share is, is that By looking at our employees through the same lens as we do with our customers, it then makes us realize, well, actually, are there things that we're doing internally that are detracting from us being able to deliver the best of ourselves to our customer, whether that's the brand uh, uh, universally or whether it's an employee as an individual? And if there are things that are getting in the way of that, then what do we do about those things? I would emphasize as well that um, when I talk through my session, I, I, I hopefully will be able to get the audience to realize and share my my understanding as well that, you know, employee relationship management, employee experience, you know, it's not really about the gimmicks, you know, the free lunches, the pool tables and the canteen, all that kind of stuff. They're very momentary and they're not something that creates a lasting um, uh, impact or uh, connection for a customer or employee. So I talk about the things that I do to support stronger relationships with employees within the organisation, and I'll touch on what I do within internal communications, benefits and recognition, health and well-being, corporate responsibility, etc. And hopefully, the audience will get to see that actually there's there's quite a there's quite a strong connection between all those different functions. But also that um, how they actually uh, espouse what we're trying to deliver for our employees uh, and our customers—that we should treat both groups exactly the same. Um, I will also talk about what um, what I use to measure um, whether these things are successful or not, and from the data that we get, how that informs future thinking about evolving the employment lifecycle for our employees. I would also hope that the audience realizes that even though I have worked um worked for a luxury retailer and luxury retailers in the past, it doesn't mean that I have got limitless resources um, to hand. So I have the same pressures of lack of finance, resources, time, etc. And you know, as a luxury retailer, um, we have a shareholder as well who we need to deliver returns to. So hopefully, um, for some of the examples and the tools that I talk about, uh, the audience will get to see that actually there's some quite simple, um, relatively inexpensive stuff that actually can have quite a big impact on the employee experience, the employee life cycle, et cetera. Um, so I will share some of the tools that I use, etc. And also, I would hopefully um, get the audience to, or hope the audience takes away that, when we think about the employee life cycle, it isn't necessarily about everything that's happening within the organisation. there are a lot of factors external to the organisation that are affecting employees. Now, um, in the UK, in particular, um, I, I don't know how widespread people know about Brexit, um, but you know, UK leaving the European Union, it is an example of a of a political factor that's having quite a significant impact not just on Harrods as a retailer, but, um, and not just on retail within the UK, but on health services um, such as the NHS, etc. cetera. So that's actually become uh, quite a prevalent topic in terms of how do organisations um, manage and build the talent pool, and potentially what do we do if there are legislative um, uh, inputs or policies they may make it hard for or restrict the amount of Europeans that can work for um, an example, a brand like Harrods, because at the moment, 36 percent of our workforce are Europeans. So just through my session, I hopefully um, will be able to get the audience to also realize that maybe there are other things that they don't typically think about outside their organization that maybe um, are worth giving more consideration to um, as well.
1: Okay, thank you. That sounds great. Uh, now, for those people who are not fortunate enough to go along to the Global HR Trend Summit in Toronto, Niall, uh, are, are you speaking at any other conferences or uh, or summits in 2018? If so, feel free to, to give those a bit of a plug.
0: Um, yes, yeah, so um, no others in America. So, um, and I don't know if people are are travelling over to to Europe, but I'm um, I'm speaking at another HR summit um, in Beirut um, later in May, um, which hopefully that uh, taps into the Middle Eastern audience, and and of course with these things as well, it gives me an opportunity to learn from the local markets, just as I really do hope to learn lots um, from the North American market um, as well. And, um, and also that I'm doing um, some other uh, sessions with brands within the UK. So Volvo, which is a, a well-known um, European, UK brand. I don't know how well-known in America, but um, that's an example. Of they're a customer centric organization, and um, I'm working with them. And I'm also learning from them as well in terms of how do we strengthen the, the relationship with employees to make sure that that delivers an impact for customers for both our organisations. Okay, we're
1: coming towards the end of this particular interview. Before we wrap things up, just finally, how can our listeners connect with you, Nile, And how can they learn more about the work that you do at Harrods?
0: Um, probably the easiest way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. So Niall, Ryan Jones. And um, to learn more about what I do at Harrods, I've actually got a, a number of resources um, on my profile that people can read. So there's some case studies that have been done and the work that I've done in Harrods and on Harrods as an employer, et cetera. Um, So there's some useful case studies to start reading uh, straight away. Um, But also I'm more than happy for people to connect with me directly as well. And, you know, I don't know everything. So I'll share the bits that I do know that hopefully are useful to other people. And hopefully that creates opportunity for me to learn um, from other people as well.
1: Great. Well, that just leaves me to say today, Niall Ryan-Jones, Head of Employee Experience at Harrods, thank you very much for being a guest on the HR Chat Show. Thank you very much, Bill. Great to chat to you today. And listeners, until next time, as always, happy working. Thank you for listening to the
0: HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.